Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. I just love the presence of God. And, um, and God is good. So I know it's uh, different and uh, as we continue to do church online, um, but I do believe that, that uh, God is doing something so unique during this time and uh, of, of this time of separation as a church as we're not we're in our different homes and we're not gathering how we would we would typically typically like to um, but I want to encourage you um, don't let the fact that you're not in this building right now with me um, stop you from being hungry for an encounter with God um, because the power of his word um, is still here and he's still going to speak to you and uh, so if you are uh, if you have a Bible with you um, why don't, you, uh, why don't you get your Bible out wherever you are? Maybe you want to get it on your phone or, or whatever. And I want, to, I want you to turn to the book of Judges. And uh, we're going to read a story. Or I'm going to read um, a portion of a story um, of a man in the Bible called Japheth. Japheth in the book of Judges. And uh, I'm not going to preach for a long time. Um, and uh, but I'm going to share something with you that I think I think is going to help us as a church, um, help us as a community, and uh, and I want to just read now from Judges chapter 11, and uh, and we're going to start from verse one. I'm going to read three verses there, and then we're going to jump down to verse 32, and I'll read a couple quick verses there. And uh, here we go. Now Japheth the Gileadite was a mighty man of valour, but he was the son of a harlot. And Gilead begot Japheth. Gilead's wife bore sons, and when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Japheth out and said to him, you shall have no inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. And Japheth fled from his brothers and dwelt in the land of Tob. And worthless men banded together with Japheth and went out riding with him. So the story for Japheth doesn't start off um, super well. It, it, it starts off in a bad place and, and for sake of time, we can't read it. But the story continues and the people that threw Japheth out ended up coming and finding him when trouble came and saying, hey, can you come back and actually be our leader? And, and so he did and, and he went back and, and he went through a series of, of different conversations where he, he was able to, or he had opportunity to, to try and sort of broker a deal with the enemy and he was doing what he could do there. And then he ended up having, the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he had a great victory. And in verse 32, it says, So Japheth advanced towards the people of Ammon, to fight against them and the Lord delivered them into his hands and he defeated them from Aurora as far as Minneth, 20 cities and to Abel, Karamim with a great slaughter. Thus the people of Ammon were subdued before the children of Israel. What I want you to see about this story of Japheth, as I mentioned earlier, is that Japheth's life did not start off great that there were some things that were working against him. We read about it. We read that, that, that he, was, he was the son of a prostitute. 
Not only was the son of the prostitute, he was rejected by his own family, by his own countrymen, by his own people and banished out of his own land. And the only men that would gather with him are men that the Bible says they were, they were worthless men. They were losers. They were deadbeats. So if you look at the story at verse 33, it looks like the odds are against Japheth a little bit. Maybe that's, that's how you feel right now. Maybe it's, it's how you might feel. Maybe because of, of this pandemic and the way it's affected your business, you feel like the odds are against you. Maybe it's something that's going on in your marriage or something that you're experiencing with your family. Maybe it's the brokenness and the hurt that, that we are as a nation experiencing right now. We know that the suicide rate right now is higher than ever before. It's, it's, it's incredible to just watch the negative effects of this pandemic on society, on people's families, on people's marriages, on people's state of minds. We've been watching, if you've been watching the news, you've been seeing that the incredible pain and the racial divide that's going on. I guess I say all that to say that that's, a, I guess you could almost describe where we're at right now as the odds being against us. The odds maybe being against us as a nation to, to, to pull together. It seems so far away, doesn't it? As you watch what we're, what, what we're seeing in the media and, and, and we see the hurt and we see the brokenness and we're, and we're starting to get a glimpse of how deep it runs in people. The odds, the, the odds are against us. But I'm coming this morning not to preach doom and gloom, but to preach the hope of Jesus Christ that despite the odds being against us, just like they were against Japheth, Japheth had a great victory in the end. That we serve a God, we serve a Jesus who is known for defying the odds and getting a victory anyway, despite what perhaps may work against Him. That there is a history throughout the Word of God that you can read time and time and time and time again where He continued to defy the odds and continue to lead God's people into victory. And that's what I wanna preach on this morning to build your faith and to lift your spirit. I wanna preach this morning from this thought, overcoming the odds. You're called to be an overcomer. You're not called to live defeated. We're called to live in victory. But there's some keys, there's some strategies, I believe, that are found in the Word of God on how we as people can overcome the odds. Because we will get through this as a nation. We will get through this as a people. And we, by God's grace, will come out better. But then there'll be another time in your life or another time in your marriage or family or business where the odds are gonna get stacked against you again. And we have to learn some principles from the Word of God about what it is to actually overcome those odds and walk in the purpose that God has for our lives. I believe in this so much. I've got, 
I'm going to do almost two parts to this. Next week, we're going to look at another character in the Bible that overcame the odds, but I'm not going to get there just yet. So let's look right now at this story of Japheth. I want you to see something that the Holy Spirit showed me as I started to read this story. In verse 1, it says, Now Japheth the Gileadite was a mighty man of valour, but he was the son of a harlot, or he was the son of of a prostitute. As we look at this story, there's three things that I wanna talk about in regard to overcoming the odds. And they're different things because typically when we talk about overcoming the odds, you would typically, we would talk about words like victory and, and words uh, and phrases about pushing through and, and things like courage and all of those things have merit and they're applicable to us. But I wanna show you some of the things in this story. The first thing that I wanna talk about is identity. And the reason why I wanna touch on that and the reason why I think this is important for this story is that's what this whole story begins in. It begins not speaking of the odds that were stacked up against this character that we're looking at and that we're diving into. It doesn't talk about the odds that were stacked up against him. The first thing that Scripture says about this man, Japheth, is it says that he was a mighty man of valour. If we wanna overcome the odds, we have to first know who we are in Christ Jesus. And we need to be reminded that your God doesn't look at you filtered through your mistakes, filtered through your fears, filtered through your insecurities or filtered through your past. He looks at you filtered through the blood of Jesus Christ and through His Son. You need to be encouraged this morning. Your identity and understanding your identity has everything to do with you overcoming the odds. How did the enemy try to attack? How did Satan try to attack Jesus when Jesus was in the, in the desert? Satan came to him and he continued to ask him this question. If you are the Son of God, why did the enemy use of all of the things that he could have used to try to bring God's own Son down, to try and cause Jesus to mess up? The first thing that he starts to do is he tries to attack his identity. You have to understand that in order for us to overcome the odds, we have to be reminded through Scripture of who we are in Christ Jesus. God always speaks to who we are and not the odds that are working against us. Remember the story of Gideon. We know the story only too well in, in Gideon, the story of Gideon in Judges chapter 6. Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press, and God says the same thing when He calls Gideon as when He called Japheth in our story. Jephthah, I'm sorry, in our story. God comes to Gideon, and the first thing He does to Gideon is He calls him again the same thing. He says, You mighty man of valour. It's a declaration that he was making over their life to stir a spirit of faith within them, to remind them that despite the odds that were stacked against them, they were still called to be overcomers. And I wanna stir that same faith in you today. 
I wanna say that despite what has happened in your family, despite the divorce, despite the bankruptcy, despite the brokenness and despite the hurt and despite the odds that you've had to fight, you are still called to be an overcomer. That's your identity in Christ Jesus. You were not created to live defeated. You were created to live free. John 10, 10, it says He came to give us life and life to the full. To live free. Your identity is so important when it comes to overcoming the odds. Second thing I want you to see in this story, and this is a different point to make, but I think it's so, so important. I want you to see that that Jephthah in this story, he was rejected. He was, he was hurt by those that loved him. And his own family turned on him. His own people turned on him. And Jephthah walked away. I want you to go with me into this story for a moment. Because I want, I want you to see how he was able to overcome the odds that were stacked against him. And the second thing that I, that I want to talk about is I want to talk about the importance of healing. Because in Jephthah's life early on, there had to be a moment. I want you to go with me for, for a second. That there had to be a moment here. I looked at this story and I kept looking at it over and over. How was Jephthah able to go back and help the very people that had hurt him? How was Jephthah able to go back to that place where the hurt took place? Because Jephthah, he had to, in order to do it, he had to get to a place of healing. This is where what is needed in our nation right now. Before true reconciliation can happen, healing first has to take place. In order for you to overcome the odds that are stacked against you, in order for you to be what God has called you to be, you cannot carry past hurt from yesterday into your tomorrow. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to come and do an inner healing. And it's powerful. This is what Jesus does. And too often when we talk about overcoming, we, we, we as, as people, we can get almost prideful when we start thinking, I'm just, I'm going to do it. I'm going to become it. I'm going to overcome it. Listen, I want to tell you, humble you a little bit and say, no, you're not. Not without the hope and help of Jesus Christ, not without the comforter, not without the counsellor. True healing can only take place through the Holy Spirit and the work of Jesus Christ. That's what He came to do. Matthew 11, verse 28, He says, Come to me, all you who labour and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, from gentle and lowly in heart. And you're gonna find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. David said in Psalm 147, verse three, says that He heals the brokenhearted. And he binds up their wounds. 
as I was watching, as many of you have probably been throughout this week and past two weeks, you've been watching numbers of different videos that, that we're seeing on, whether it be on the media or social media. And this hit me, the importance of this. And, and it broke my heart because I, I watched it at one of the, the pro- peaceful protests that were going on. I watched this, this white police officer as he walked up to a, a hurting, broken, young black boy. And I watched this video as, as he walked up to him and the police officer looked at him with his arms like this and he said, I'm sorry. And when he first said it, the, this young black boy, he, he sort of looked away a little bit. As you, could, as you could understand, he looked away and looked at the ground, but the police officer repeated it again. He said, I'm sorry. He said, I'm sorry. And he kept repeating it. And as I watched this video, the little boy just kept walking closer to the police officer where he eventually just landed on his chest and the two embraced. And that's where the Holy Spirit spoke to me as I watched this video with tears in my eyes and I realised people need to be healed. That's how we move forward. We move forward. We cannot reconcile until true healing can take place. But you know what? Healing doesn't happen without humility. We've got to be humble to sit down and to listen. We've got to be humble to just hear for a moment, to hear a people's hurt, to hear our heart has been. And we have to come together as people. But I want to tell you, it is a hopeless effort without the power and the blood of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Healing is so important in our lives. Healing is so important in our hearts. We have to continue, continue as people to know and practice what it is to come before God and say, Lord, would you heal? Would you heal my broken heart? God doesn't want you to just suck it up and move on always. Sometimes there are things that happen in our life and they're just life. Sometimes you take a hit and you do, you just keep moving and you grow from it. But other times you need to stop for a minute and you need to create some space for the Holy Spirit to come in, create some space for a conversation where some true healing can happen so that you can overcome the odds in your life. Because if we don't do it and we just keep moving forward, we get bitter and bitter and bitter. Healing is so important. And I love it that this this man, this this character that we're reading about, this, this champion, this mighty man of valour, knew what it was to to get it right in his heart. That's my prayer for us. That's my prayer for us as a nation. That's my prayer for us as as people, as a community, that we would know what it is to heal and to invite the Holy Spirit to help us in it. And the third thing as I come to a close, the third one's interesting again, it's the word obedience. It's a word obedience. What What I noticed in this story 
as I read this story quite a few times over, and I just asked the Lord to show me this, I noticed something in Judges chapter 29. It says, then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah. And what struck me about that was the story doesn't start in Judges chapter 11, verse 29. The story started in Judges chapter 11 and verse 1. So for 29 verses, we see a man doing what he was called to do and listen to me, without the help of the Spirit of God. Now I want you to understand me and understand this is Old Testament that we're looking at here, but there's a principle. We know that God is always with us. But I want you to see this and understand from an Old Testament standpoint what's happening here. That Jephthah didn't wait for the Spirit of God to come upon him before he did what he believed God was telling him to do. That means that there are 29 verses of just simple, raw obedience. And it was after 29 verses of obedience, then verse 29, then the Spirit of God came upon Him. We talk about it so often and we say this and it's so true. I'm waiting on God, I'm waiting on God. More often God is waiting on us. We say, God, if you show, then I'll go. God says, no, it doesn't work like that. If you go, then I'll show. It's the faith to step out in obedience and put to practice the Scriptures that we read about in our life that ushers in the work of the Holy Spirit and what God wants to do. If we will do what we can do, God will come and do what we cannot do. 29 verses. Just obedience. Then the Spirit of God came. What does that mean for your life and what you're believing for? Maybe it's 29 verses of saving your money before God comes and blesses you. Maybe it's 29 verses of singing those worship songs. Then your breakthrough will happen. Maybe it's 29 verses of praying, Forgiving, loving, serving, walking out what you read in the Word of God is so important. That's why James said we cannot just be hearers of the Word. We have to be doers. The same thing happened with Gideon. We talked about Gideon earlier, the same thing. Gideon was called by God in verse 11. It's called by God in verse 11 and the same thing happens. It doesn't say that the Spirit of God came upon him in verse 11. It says in verse 34, then the Spirit of God came upon him. If I was Gideon, I'd be saying, God, where were you? Where were you in verse 11, 12, 13, 14, 15? Where were you? 
You watch it. If you read the story and you look at the story of Gideon, I did this and I counted across those 20, those 23 verses where Gideon had to just be obedient, had to just be obedient, had to just be obedient, had to just keep doing it. Across those 23 verses, eight times you read, then the Lord said, do this. And Gideon did it. Then the Lord said, do this. And Gideon did it. And then the Lord said, and then the Lord said, and then the Lord said. As you continue, how do you overcome the odds? We like messages like this. They want us, they're good to shout and shout, shout and shake and scream and yeah, I'm gonna do it. And we get all pumped up and jump around like it's Rocky Three. But you've got to understand, it's not always like those moments. Sometimes it's just systematically doing each and every day, line upon line, precept upon precept. And you feel like your miracle is so far away. But I wanna encourage you, you in your spirit, your verse 29 is coming where God is gonna come and supernaturally touch it, but it's gonna happen off the foundation of your obedience. What's God telling you to do right now? I know you could answer the question very quickly, what are you believing for? But that's not what I'm asking. What's He telling you? A great way to delay your breakthrough of tomorrow is to be disobedient to your instructions today. How are you going to overcome the odds? It's, 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 it's a hard point to, to, to receive sometimes, but it's just being obedient to God's Word. We sometimes want to sit back and wait for the fairy dust. Wait for, wait, God, I'm just waiting till we can get back to church. Get at free chapel. Start feeling good. And I can't do and I cannot wait for that. And I cannot wait until we get in here and we're all together. It's amazing. But what's God telling you to do right now? Maybe He's trying to teach you what it is to not just come to church on Monday, on Sunday, but maybe He's trying to teach you what it is to be the church to your next door neighbour right now. Maybe it's that. Well, we're so frustrated. I'm stuck at home. Maybe he's, maybe, maybe he's gonna work this thing for the good and he wants you to go knock on your neighbour's door and just say, hey, social distance, of course, and say, hey, from a distance, just wanna let you know we never met, but I love you, I'm praying for you. Maybe, maybe in this time it's reaching out to somebody who's a different skin colour. And saying, bro, can we just chat? I just want to hear. I want to listen. I want to learn. Maybe it's not being so quick to point and blame everybody else. Maybe it's looking at ourselves and saying, God, in all of this pointing that's going on and all of this blame that's going on, God, what are you, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me right now? What are you trying to say to me? I pray that would be our hearts as a church and as people. I wanna pray for us. We're gonna head back into a worship song, but before we do this, I wanna give people an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. I cannot fathom 
in my human thinking how people exist a single day without Jesus. I cannot even wrap my head around it. And my heart breaks for you if you don't know Him as your Lord and Saviour. Right across this, I was gonna say right across this room, right across this camera, this screen. If you're in your living room, maybe someone texts you and said, watch this message, it might encourage you. And you don't know Jesus, pray this prayer with me. Say it in your heart, say, dear Lord, would you come into my heart? I wanna know you. I surrender my life to you. I need help. I need hope and I need healing. And I need it from you, Jesus. I receive you now as my Lord and as my Saviour. And I ask you to come to forgive me, to wash me clean and to make me new. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed. 